Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you've all had a wonderful week. Today I am recording this at 10 o'clock at night because my mum is a very busy woman and we have her on the podcast today, which is very, very exciting. My mum is very interesting and there is a lot of things that I've wanted to get her on the podcast for for a long time so this is going to be really good and I'll get into it with everything with her but it's going to be a nice little chat and I hope you guys enjoy it I hope you've had a wonderful week and without further ado let's get into it okay hello do you want to introduce yourself hello my name is Anne Gardner and I am your mother. <laughs> so I wanted to have you on the podcast because I think you are very interesting and I think that people would like to know about your alcohol-free journey and also your opinions on different things because we I feel like we have a lot of the same opinions on a lot of things and you've definitely guided my journey with health and things like that and I think that we could definitely have a good conversation with people. I've not I've not had a guest on here for ages and I really wanted to have you on for ages. So I want to do that. But obviously you've been alcohol free for three years now. Four it'll be five years and oh my gosh. Four years and a four years and about it'll be five years in January the ninth. That feels crazy. Five years. So I was what I was fifteen, sixteen. 17. Yes, I'm sure that's right. <laughs> Quick maths. It's, it's like a t- 11 o'clock at night. This is where we're going with this. But So mm-hmm. it's, it's just crazy that you've managed to do it. For, do you want to tell the story a little bit of why you did that and, you know, how, how it's made you feel and all these different types of things? Because alcohol obviously is a is a big topic within health and it's something I've made I've made one podcast on that and I've always felt like it was a very controversial topic and I didn't quite know how to approach it or the right way to go around it because I obviously know the nutrition and health complications that are associated with consuming alcohol but I think it's so much more than that which I think that you could bring a lot to the conversation with that about because obviously I'm only 21 so I've not you know, been a drinker for years and years or, you know, seen the, well, I've seen the impacts of in some ways, but not in a way that's impacted me, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yes, I will. As you know, I was, um, um, I was brought up in a family where there was a lot of alcohol. Um, alcohol was the, was the, um, a big part of um, the socialising, um, and um, but also had a dark side as well. Um, there was when too much was consumed, it caused a lot of heartache. So, um, and I went on a journey of life, quite um, mindful of alcohol and its its uh, negative aspects. Um, but I managed to by the age of you know my 50s or or before actually and probably about um yeah it was about in my 40s I realized that I had I was developing a bit of a habit with alcohol I was a drinker with food I liked wine and I had 
got to the point where I could drink wine with every meal, with every every night with a meal, and then at the weekend, um, it would be a bottle of wine shared, bottle and a half sometimes. So I got to the point where I realised that I was drinking every single day, but that was prompted as well by the fact that my mum had become quite ill with drinking. Um, so so that that was the start. Um, when my mum my mum was admitted to hospital with um, drinking too much, and that was the start of my journey of questioning alcohol in my life. Um, and that was two thousand ten. That was that was two thousand ten because I always remembered that being really blurry. I mean, you know, this is my grandma talking. About, obviously, <laughs> people are going to forget this. My mum, but so that was. I remember her being ill majority of my life and I never really remember knowing the reasons why because, you know, it's very... Well, I know now that it's very uncommon to be admitted to hospital with, you know, alcohol-related issues. It's usually something that's been linked to alcohol, but, like, with other things as well, it's very rare that you, you know, it's that that's the direct link that's caused certain things. But I remember her being ill for a really long time and it wasn't clear what was wrong with her until later on in life because I just think you guys didn't tell us really because we wouldn't understand. But I don't know what you think about that. No, she was, she just, yeah, she just, I mean, mainly she got ill um, in 2010. She, yeah, she, she was just drinking a lot and using drink as a way to, to deal with things and it became a, a, a big problem in 2010 when she was admitted to hospital and I remember I remember going there and making you know she wasn't eating uh, and making food for her and taking food there and um, she wouldn't eat much um, and it was and it was just a very difficult time but she ended up in hospital and she 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 did recover and she stopped drinking but so but in 2010, that's when it all happened. And I started to say, right, okay, what's happening with your drinking? And I realised I was taking about 21 units a week, which was way over the recommended amount at the time. 14, they recommended, yeah. yeah, no more than 14. So I, I said to myself, well, this is you're taking too much. If you keep going like this, you could end up in a position where you're like, like my mum was. So I decided to... Um, keep it within the units of alcohol the 14 units Mm -hmm. um and I so I got the measuring jug I got the (laughs) all all that um and I was like right okay no more than 14 units a week so I then um the 40 so anyway I tried to do that I had big hopes that I could do that because what I read it said if you can't do that you really should think of stop drinking so I went off on a journey doing that, and I tried that for three years. Yeah, I never managed it once. So that was that was the start of the moderation journey of alcohol, then. Yes, I thought right, okay, I'll mo- I can do this. I'll moderate and I'll keep it in fourteen units. But what I since learned is that alcohol is an addictive substance. So how can you control an addictive substance exactly. and moderate ad- addictive substance? But anyway, at the time, I nobody the, the, we don't really get that information. So, and about it, so you just think there's something wrong with you that you can't control it. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, I, so I, I couldn't. So I felt that I was 
you know, I, I just, so the 14, 14 days, 14, the, the three years went by and I realised, wait a minute here, I'm, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. I'm not able to do this. 14 units, okay. So through, was, so through the three years when you were moderating the 14 units, what did you feel? Did you just feel like it wasn't physically possible to keep it to 14 units or did you just feel like it was just a lot of pressure on you? No, I would pour out my allocated amount with my dinner and then I would drink that. And the nature of the beast, it's moreish. It yeah. want, you want to drink more and more. It's the nature of it. And so I would overdo it yeah. all, all the time. And I would end up, I would probably end up ranging between the 14 units to 21 units okay. all that time. And, and I was tortured by it. I was... Sometimes I would drink that wee bit more and it had this horrific effect where I would, wouldn't sleep or I would sleep for six hours straight and then I would wake up at three in the morning mm. and I would go through this terrible wake up at three in the morning and couldn't get back to sleep and then have all the negative thoughts that come from the fact that you've been drinking a depressant mm. going through my mind in the middle of the night and I couldn't get to sleep again for another three hours. So um, so I had, all, I had all that going on. So it was torturing me on every level. Um, but I, it was a big part of my life and I could not. And I got to that point and I thought, what am I going to do? I cannot stop drinking. I can't stop drinking at all. Um, there's no way. I love alcohol so much. I love wine. There's no way I can stop. Mm-hmm. So I just said... Right, what am I going to do? So the next thing was, right, just try and not drink for a try abstinence abstinence for a while. So I I um I went on a so I, I did a 56 day. Um and then over the space of the next four years, I had periods of abstinence, all with the promise that I would drink again. Oh, interesting. Um, I didn't realise it was that you decided that you would not drink to then drink again I didn't realize that I thought maybe you just did it and then just stopped doing it that's interesting no what do you mean sorry I didn't realize that you had periods where you didn't drink because and you you could do it because you knew you were going to be drinking again yeah that was the only way I could do it I couldn't say I couldn't say at that point I'm not going to drink um again that would have been so hard for me to accept and it would have chased me right back to drinking. Um, so I, at that point, I said, right, okay, just do some abstinence. So I, over the space of four years, I did a 56-day, 81-day, I think four separate 30 days, hmm. like dry January. So you did, did um, you do those things often or was it more just spree the moment like right I'm going to do this I'm going to do this absence I, I, I was fighting my, I was fighting with alcohol all the time always mm. saying don't drink tonight don't just leave off at the night um, and then I would drink again so there'd be lots of oh don't drink for a couple of days so I was in that kind of torture if if I all the time if I wasn't on a big period of absence, so I never knew when that period of absence could actually be done by me. Mm-hmm. So, but I did manage to do a fifty-six day, 
an 81 day, I think, and about four or five, several one month periods and um, over the space of the next four years. Right. And constantly wrestling with alcohol when I wasn't on these abstinence periods, always trying to drink less, always worried I was going to be up half the half the night. Um, and um, so it was just a torturous relationship with alcohol. Um, and I wasn't an alcoholic, as people call you. I was functioning. I had a job and I never missed a day of work. Yeah, which is interesting um, because obviously we don't think of people that are addicted to things as someone who can function and has a happy life and has a family and everything like that. Because I think, especially with things like alcohol, like food and, you know, what I'm trying to do with trying to prove sugar addiction or trying to, you know, improve the research. It's really interesting that people don't associate addiction with functionality, because I think that is a real problem that we don't view it that way. And people that are addicted to alcohol or people who are really struggling to moderate it are addicted to alcohol and it doesn't they don't think they are they doesn't seem like it is because they're not stereotypically an alcoholic that is impacting their life massively you know no um yeah and i think they're looking at changing the description of alcohol any issues around alcohol from alcohol use disorder mild to severe and right, it's, interesting. A spectrum, it's a spectrum um, that's good that they talk about because we are in our culture we're 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 kind of persuaded uh, in the notion that <clears throat> you're either an alcoholic, which means you're defective, and you you've got a, you've got some wrong way around alcohol, and you mm. can't control it, uh, or else you can have a you can have alcohol and control it. Um, I don't agree with that. I think that alcohol is an addictive drug, mm-hmm. and generally most people struggle to control it, and it it becomes more and more a part of your life the more you take it yeah which Um, is interesting as well I mean because alcohol obviously begins at a very very young age especially in our culture in Scotland and England and things like that it starts more earliest 12 now like it's crazy how young it starts and you know whether it can be addictive at 12 or not is, is up for debate but do you think that it's like a progressive thing the more you have it over the years it becomes addictive or do you think it's more of like a not necessarily well, the substance also combined with the feeling that you get from alcohol and the escape that you get from alcohol. Do you think what? What do you think, or do you think it's a combination of both? I think it's a combination of both. I think you start drinking, um, and you know you don't really like it, and then you then it's it's addictive. It, it, it's an addictive substance. So very quickly, you know, you you know, you say, oh, there's a wee kick off of that. That was quite good. Mm-hmm. And then you, you you drink it again. See, it's interesting and- as well because the whole thing about alcohol, like alcohol doesn't taste good. I don't understand that. Like you, when you're young, you have alcohol. You do not enjoy the taste of alcohol. Like no one does. You just drink it to get drunk. And there's, a, there's obviously a certain point where that changes because when you've been drinking for a long time, you know, parents and things like that, they actually seem to enjoy alcohol, enjoy the taste of wine. Whereas when I've ever drunk before you don't enjoy the taste of it you just do it because you're getting drunk so like there's a there's a switch there and I don't understand when it switches because you can drink for years and probably hate the taste of it but what happens yeah well what happens and what I understand is that when you 
take an addictive substance into your body, it, 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 it's nature, it leaves it, you with a craving mm-hmm. or more of it. And what I the way I've heard it explained is that when you drink and you enjoy drink, you're actually drinking to relieve that craving. Right. And that's and that's the pleasure. So the obviously release of the relief of the craving. And and if you don't drink at all, you don't have a craving. So maybe obviously this is opinion and um experience related and it's not necessarily scientific, but do you think there could be a link there between either you when you don't like the taste of alcohol you know you're not addicted to it yet and if you do like the taste of alcohol you're relieving a craving you might already be addicted to it obviously that's just speculation but that might be a factor to play in in addiction yeah yeah and i mean what what the the advertisers of alcohol do is they generate imagery around it um of enjoying life and being young and having fun and so it's actually targeted at young people so that they so that they will associate their fun with that substance and then so they then start having fun and they take that substance and before they know the addictive side of it takes effect and then it's about relieving the craving of the addictive substance Um, Mm -hmm. and it's not really about taste at all because if you don't like me, if I was some people say to me, if you were to have a, if you went to a wedding, surely you'd have a glass of prosecco or a glass yeah. of champagne, and I say, well, do you know, no, because that one drink would absolutely be horrible to me, mm-hmm. because it's just it's not a, alcohol does not taste good, no, um, and as any child who takes it will will say, you know, they'll go, oh, that's horrible. Any child that's ever had a and a liqueur chocolate will see they are they will go chocolate with alcohol in it so it's a very very it's not a nice taste it's gasoline it's an ethanol yeah so it doesn't taste good but it's an addictive substance so it it actually creates um a craving in the body which means you want to consume it again yeah because it's interesting as well because humans are innately not supposed to consume better foods because better foods are associated with toxins and it's interesting that we've created quite a few addictive substances that are very bitter that we build up a tolerance for and create some sort of addiction to because obviously things like recreational drugs they're all supposedly very bitter in taste and they don't obviously they don't taste good they're drugs just like alcohol doesn't taste good which is interesting that we have gone so differently to our wiring as human beings and it's like a psychological thing that isn't supposed to exist but it does and it's interesting and I think when especially because processing of alcohol is so well alcohol is so processed and so refined along with a lot of other addictive substances that might be playing a role in that as well it's interesting as well because there's a lot of mis mis missed messages in the media that you know alcohol's good alcohol's taste good it's luxurious and all this and especially as well when we're talking about the health benefits of things like red wine that's a lot of mixed messages as well so it's interesting the way it is marketed and the way that it has an impact on our society because it's it's definitely hugely impacted by the way we market alcohol 
Yeah, and and I I think what I think is really really awful about alcohol advertising, and I think as a culture we are um, experiencing the effects of advertising that happened, you know, when my parents were younger, mm-hmm. um, and and you know, in, in when I was younger, that the but now the alcohol <coughs> advertising is much less. Um, out there but in my in my when I was younger there was like adverts like strongbow um things that associated male strength with alcohol gosh and yeah. and so the whole the whole thing that men that the boys or we you know you can't hold your drink that is created from advertising years ago associating strength with alcohol and that's our um, whole Scottish culture <laughs> exactly and that's created by people big alcohol big businesses wanting to brainwash the masses uh, to consume their products and and to the extent of the of the the terrible carnage that alcohol causes in society in terms of it's present in many um abusive many uh, you know the, the the statistics of the crime associated with alcohol, um, domestic abuse, mm. um, you know, accidents, car accidents, you know, the the so the, the, the amount of uh, instances that happen where alcohol is part of it is just unbelievable, and, exactly. and that's that's the culture that we we live in. That it's okay to drink alcohol. Um, you can mod, you should be able to moderate. Most people can moderate. Um, that's what the message and if you can't there's something wrong with you you're an alcoholic and it's just completely wrong I wonder how the statistics of people that moderate alcohol and who can because I think I think it's interesting because I do think there is different types of people and certain people are able to moderate addictive substances more so than others I definitely do believe that but at the same time how far can you go moderating an addictive substance because at the end of the day, it's addictive. And we know for sure that alcohol is an addictive substance that is scientifically proven. So how far can you really go mm. to to avoid it, you know? And, and alcohol, functional alcohol addiction is probably absolutely everywhere, you know? But obviously, you can't say that for sure, but you can see it everywhere. Yeah, and I mean, like, heroin, cocaine are classed as addictive substances. Yeah. And um, we don't sit around um, coffee tables and and uh, take some um, take some heroin. No, <laughs> in, in moderation, uh, because um, and so where's where's the logic there? Yeah, it's just profitable. Um, That's what the logic is, I think. Yeah, and you know, so yeah, um, yeah, and I remember you as kids mm. and. You know, and Jonathan, Jonathan, Mary's brother, was questioning me about this. He's saying, "How does alcohol? What about alcohol? What about drugs and alcohol? Is alcohol a drug?" And and I remember him being confused about the fact that alcohol was okay to drink and and drugs were, really? weren't okay to take. That's interesting. It's confusing for a little boy then who's thinking about that. Yeah, it is. It doesn't make sense. It's no logic and. Um, yeah. Well, if you think about your experience and what did you notice the differences when you stopped taking alcohol, you know, like year by year, like how did it pan out 
from start to finish because obviously five years it's a long time uh, and you you'll yeah. definitely see massive differences I mean I've seen massive differences in you you know you're a completely different person after stopping drinking alcohol and that when I say that I don't want people to think that you were just crazy beforehand like 100% not you were just it's just like a like different light to you like you're like happier and you look way better there's just so many different things but it wasn't that you were never not functioning at all it was just that you're just so different and I don't know how to explain it to people but it's just true but what what do you think that you changed because of stopping drinking alcohol yeah well I I suppose where I left that there was that I you know I kept that abstinence period for bits of mm. time um, and I didn't actually and then I couldn't and and I never really knew when I would go back on when I would come off it um, and when I, it was kind of controlling me and so anyway on there was a I did have a couple of reading materials that helped um, which I'm sure Mary can give you if you want that I can put it in the description if you tell me I, yes and that, that really made the difference to me it was a complete change and and you know and it wasn't a or anything like that and um, it was um you know it was an alcohol experiment online and also um them and uh, the alan carr easy way to stop drinking who wrote the book the easy way to stop smoking which is a very very something which is about world. it's it's basically the, the the best i think it's generally accepted that it's the best method of stopping smoking so he wrote an alcohol book on the same vein for alcohol but anyway so 9th of January it was a big journey up till then but 9th of January 2018 I I stopped drinking um um and yeah so it was a long journey a year a year of of um the first seven to ten days are the hardest when the but when it's going out your body system but once seven to ten days it's gone there's no more alcohol in your system um, but you then have, so you don't have any physical cravings for it. You don't have a crave. You don't have a craving at all. But you do have an awful lot of psychological triggers mm-hmm. around events, circumstances when you, you when you drank. For example, you'll think I can't go on holiday without drinking. Mm-hmm. You'll say I can't go to a party without drinking. I can't go out for lunch with my pals without drinking. Um, you know, like fun. Like there is no. F- alcohol is fun mm-hmm. um so all that stuff i had to unlearn yeah which is definitely happy. hard because especially when you know for a young person who doesn't drink either because you know i've not drunk in, in three years or something now and it's definitely difficult people treat you differently and you aren't seen as the same in social situations you might not be seen as as fun as other people or you're uptight or something or there must be a reason why you don't drink you know what what is it like people tend to be slightly weird around you and um, it's obviously the exact same for you but you've managed to you deal with that really well I think I think you're like you really do well with it and you're you don't even seem like you matter what you matter anymore without the drink like you're just happy no it's the only it's the only drug that you you have to justify not taking mm. um, because you go out and people, but to be honest with you, I think it comes from you because now when I go out, I've, I've been in holidays um, where people aren't 
uh, where people are all drinking and they don't even know I'm not drinking. Yeah, they exactly. Don't, they don't even notice. And I'm sitting with a sparkling water with ice and a bit of lime in it and people think that can be anything. Um, <laughs> and I don't pretend it is anything. If anyone asks me, I'll just say what it is. But I just enjoy the, the conversation and the people and the drink is just for thirst. Yeah. And 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 that you know and I'm and and that's why I'm there. We're there because we want to connect with people. We're not. Um, I don't think we're there because, um, that's why we're there. And the drink, in my experience now, it just kind of gets in the way of that because you get a bit. And I was, I was, I was really, really, I, I wasn't a very good drinker in the sense that I would lose the conversation pretty quickly. I'd stop listening. My brain was thinking, where's my next drink coming from? Um, and I was pretty rotten company, I would say, mm-hmm. um, drink as a drinker. And um, so, so yeah, so it wasn't, um, so it's hard to say how things, how things have changed for me, but I, I just remember like Jonathan saying as well, and you saying um, you're more present. Yeah, definitely. You're more present in the moment. Um, whereas before my happiness was I my week was a drudge, hard, everything I had to do was just right, you know, get on with it. Things I wanted to do, but they weren't really enjoyable. Um and then it was all about the Friday night, all about getting the wine. My, that mm. was the end in itself, was that moment of drinking alcohol. And my 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 it was almost like I felt that alcohol had stole my happiness and decided it, I was only going to get it when I drank. Which is interesting. Very interesting to, to think of the concept like that. And obviously, I, I would think that as well, that, you know, you, drinking and alcohol and addictive substances cloud who you are as a person, whereas I feel like a lot of people feel as though drinking and things like that bring themselves out and I really feel like it's the opposite of that I think that drinking can bring like different versions of people out we see that like we, there's different types of drunks drunks and stuff like that but I think that you can definitely be more yourself without drinking not just in the moment or at that party that you're not drinking at but in everyday life and I think that's the main thing that people don't realize is that just because you don't drink doesn't mean that all of a sudden the rest of your life isn't as fun or as good. You're actually, everything is always good, that you always feel good. You don't ever feel hungover, up, down. You know, it's not, let, let me get to the weekend. It's, all right, I'm having a good day and it's Monday. Like, I feel like it's more like that instead of crawling your way through work, which is, is crazy because to think about that is the majority of your time at work is something that you hate just so you can get to the weekend and drink and forget about all the work day. You know, that's just a waste of your time, a waste of your days when you could be spending it being happy no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Of course, that's harder um, said than done, but... Yeah, no, but I think work then becomes, like, because you're, you, you know, you you feel, you know, alcohol, they say, I know it's a cliche, alcohol's a depressant, um, but you don't realise how much depressant it is until you don't drink it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, feeling um, 
feeling just pretty not you know not not the best um mm. uh and 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 now I don't drink I feel good and my job is more enjoyable it's more a part of my enjoyment in life yeah because I feel better I don't have the same anxiety or the same exhaustion or the same massive to-do list because I've got energy and I can clear the and I'm more in control and more able to achieve what I'm trying to do so my job becomes less anxious more enjoyable and adds to my life rather than something that I've got to wade through to get to the end of the week so I can get my wine yeah I mean, if you think about your life six years ago from now, like absolutely transformed. Like obviously that's for many different reasons, but did a big reason in that is definitely stopping drinking and that not being a part of your life anymore. You know, like it's, your life isn't even comparable to, to six years ago, which is is insane. And I do think that that is attributed a lot to your state of mind, your mindset, how you view your life and how you value yourself because you've stopped drinking. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, and they, yeah, yeah, and they say you know people stop drinking. I've heard this said before that a lot of things come up from you, from mm. for you, and where that's from is open to whoever, whatever way people want to view it. But for me, there was a part of me that that opened up when, and and the way I would describe it was when I had decided to stop poisoning. It. Mm. Um, and I, I, looking back, I always think there was a small voice in my head saying, please don't drink because yeah. I it's not good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so so there was always that. that um, um, and so people say that things come up and things came up for me. And as I went, I started the journey of sobriety, which absolutely changed my whole life. And every level, job situation, personal situation, career situation. Mm-hmm. So I won't I won't go into all that, but but the changes in my life from I've been not drinking have been enormous. And I would say that it is one massive upgrade <laughs> in, in humanity and living. Yeah. Um, and um and I just, you know, and I wish more people would see that and, and think- another, another thing that got to me was when you got to 15 16 age you just naturally just moved into the drink culture yeah and I, and I remember going along to that part one party picked you up and went in and you were all 15 16 15, <laughs> and you were all drinking and I looked and I was worried because I, I thought oh gosh what are they up to and then I went in and saw you all and you were all imitating us yeah, throw back to my drinking days. <laughs> Aye, yes, you before yeah before you you stopped drinking. You didn't. Yeah, you stopped drinking as well. Yeah. Um and um and and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, that's them. I They're suppose that's who we learn it from, though. Exactly, and I thought you're going to end up having that wrestle with alcohol that I've had for mm. all these years, and that's exactly. your destiny. And that yeah. really, really, that really got to me, and that was another reason why I was wanting to stop. Which is another element to it as well, because of course, as children, we're just sponges of our parents' behaviour, because it's literally what we're programmed to do. Because you're the people that keep us alive until we're adults. So it's interesting that you know all your behaviour gets bestowed upon your children, and 
even drinking culture and of course even if your parents drank or didn't drink you would still you know get that culture because of the way society is but I think it would be massively decreased if your parents never drunk because you just would never have been exposed to that and then when you went out you know you would realize like this is weird like I've never been exposed to this as throughout life and you maybe wouldn't be as inclined to drink or you maybe you would drink later or maybe you wouldn't feel as though you should or had to or it was a part of life you know who knows what impact it would have had I think exactly but I think it's so far few and far between people that don't have households that drink that they you know they would probably if they didn't drink they would probably say oh I feel a bit an oddball I'll I'll, I'll bet and they'd probably start but they and they may not continue because they've experienced them maybe better quality of life without it um but then the thing that would that I think hopefully resonates with people is that everyone I know, I mean, I was in an office, shared an office, and the, there was three people in the office, and everybody had had a very, very negative experience with someone close in their family due to alcohol problems. And I would hazard a guess that everyone listening to this will be able to will know somebody in their family whose life life has been seriously um, negatively impacted by alcohol um, abuse. And I don't even like that word, alcohol abuse, because it makes you think the person's abusing it. Mm. But I think it's, it's, you know, it's it's the substance that will generate the abuse of it. Um, So I I think then if you take every single person having experienced somebody, that's had a terrible experience with alcohol, then that's a, that's a lot of injury, a lot of mm-hmm. poor quality of life, a lot of um, a lot of um, sadness, misery, um, you know, for no good reason. No, exactly. It is. I think we just forget to realise the impact that alcohol does actually have on our society and the people that live within it. But I think it's important to have these conversations to try and you know not necessarily get people out their ways but just to realize that you know people don't drink and people are actually having a good time you know we're not all just like rocking back and forward in the corner like suffering you know we, it's actually might be a better way of, of going about things but again you know we don't know but I feel like you know at least try and give it a go see what happens see what see what you feel like I mean imagine I mean I remember been reading something and this person saying imagine this person is actually so happy and they're really enjoying life and and they don't and they don't they don't drink yeah can you imagine that and yeah um, people just think you're weird or people just think that you're you know it's just people don't understand that you can be happy and have fun without having that side of you that can just let loose go crazy and, and drink alcohol and do shots and everything like that, especially as a young person. Mm. That's definitely bestowed upon you as a young person. But even like in at your age, you know, I feel like there is an element of it as well that you're not understood by other people your age that drink because it's such a culture at your age to be, you know, involved with with that like mums and drinking and that type of thing. It's a massive, massive culture. And you're just no longer a part of that, which I think will impact your life as well, which is unfortunate and it shouldn't be like that, but it just is. 
but I would say that um, since stop drinking, I like going to pubs. I enjoy. Me- I- I've never been more sociable no, in my entire true. life, and I have never um, laughed so much. That's true. I mean, you used to say to me, "Mum, you're depressed all the time." Didn't you? <laughs> Did I say that to you? Yes. And, and, and That's I, a bit rough. Know, <laughs> but I probably, you know, I probably was. Um, but no, I, I've, I've laughed so much more as a sober person than as a drinker. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, and and yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that we are we are natural state as to have a lot of you know to enjoy. We our bodies allow us to really have a lot of enjoyment and and natural fun, but we're just so not used to doing that um, no. in this culture um, this, we associate going to a bar sitting um, and drinking and that becomes and, it, and it's but I say there's similarly an alcohol free bar in, in Edinburgh and, and I'd like mm. I don't know where it is yet but I'd like to go I'd like to go to it um, yeah. and um, yeah and yeah so it's yeah it's it's um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a, a a long. I mean, I mean, I think it took a year of absence, and I remember thinking as well that my my um my brain had healed because after many years of of you know alcohol spikes, the kind of the chemicals in your brain to feel good, and then your body. Then the brain compensates by putting chemicals to, to sort of um, even you out. Mm. And I just remember thinking after a year, I had that going all the time: yeah. spikes in 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 the chemicals, depressants going in, up down, up down, up down, all the time. And um, and I remember thinking after a year, because my mood was so good and so stable all the time. I realised that my brain had healed yeah. from all that, all that um, imbalance that alcohol was creating in it. Um, and Which is from, crazy observant observ- observation to make. Crazy. How do yes. you? Mean? It's just to be able to think that is is an interesting one. Yeah, and it's it's probably you don't hear any of this anywhere, but that was just how I felt. I felt that there's something about my brain. That is working better now. That's it feels steady. It feels stable all the time. Mood swings are not there so much. Um, you just it just felt a stable place. And if you take yourself a three months alcohol free to a year, um, you are by a year. Most people are saying never want to do that again. But three months, people are still not sure. And I and I think I think after a year your brain's starting to heal and you're you're in a different place and just not putting alcohol in your body is going to create changes in your mental health and your physical um, health massively. You know, we, yeah. to just talk about the physical detrimental effects of alcohol. Not a single amount of alcohol, no matter how little it is, is associated with an increased risk of cancer, which is an incredible statistic to think about. You know to there's not yeah. even moderation or even a small amount of alcohol can is is associated with a decreased risk of cancer. Ever it's, it's insane, and not to mention cardiovascular disease, which kills the majority of people today globally. 
you know so it's a massive problem and it's not just about mental health it's also about our physical well-being and chronic conditions as well so it really is something that we should be focusing on as a nation and as professionals in the health and wellness industry uh, so this is what, definitely one of the reasons why I wanted to to talk to you about this because I think yeah. you've got massive insight into it of course and I remember that as well, just, you know, that was something that was brought out in that alcohol experiment I did, um, and it was it was highlighted. It's a, it's a carcinogen. Oh, it my is gosh. a carcinogen. carcinogen. And you don't hear that anywhere much. No. Um, you just say, keep alcohol low, you know. But there is yes. no, that's not, we've got the cigarette packets with mm. the disease, plastered all over them that's that's years and years of lobbying government to try and loosen the stranglehold that these big tobacco companies have it's interesting that world. Because, and, sorry and and the, the the alcohol we we get alcohol and you know sexy bottles you know mm. and and all that and there's no there's no warnings on that about this carcinogenic nature. Which is it's, it's interesting because it's not as if alcohol has been around for a less amount of time than cigarettes. It's really strange because cigarettes is the number one cause of, of lung cancer. And with alcohol in particular, it's so marketed. There's so many, you know, like you said, with the advertisement and the way the bottles are and everything like that. It's incredible the differences between cigarette packaging and alcohol packaging. And even though they're both causing cancer, they're both causing issues with your health. It doesn't make any sense at all. You know, it doesn't make absolutely no. any sense. No, and and for many years, the, the alcohol companies, and, you know, they're talking about big alcohol and, um, you know, um, these these companies have, they, they have, big machine they've got machinery in place to work with government the government um to lobby government to control the amount of you know to to actually expertly influence how alcohol is treated by in government policy mm-hmm. um, and and the government have a problem because they get so much tax revenue from alcohol yeah. our, our, our country is driven by the the, the money from from addictive substances whiskey and everything as well from from alcohol duty massive massive tax revenue which means that the way that the government deal with that has a massive impact on the the how our country is financed exactly but personally i feel that the health of our our earth and the health of our bodies is two of the most important things in this planet you know mental and physical health because without the earth we've got nowhere to live without our bodies we die so there's nothing else you know there's nothing else that comes into that vicinity that without our bodies or earth we can worry about so i personally think that you know with the whole money situation what's the point in having money if none of us live to see it if we're all unhealthy and dying prematurely it doesn't make any sense and the government is not prioritizing our health and our wellness I don't feel the way that they should be, you know, tax tax and profiting off the manipulation of people through an addictive substance should not be the main priority over the wellness of our, our nation. You know, the government can do a lot with, with a lot of different things. They have a lot of power. And that's why they're the government. 
So why is it that our health comes last on the list to these to the government and to the, to legislation? It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of these um, anomalies of of life. But I believe these things can change. Things wrongs like that have been fixed or have been tackled in different ways over time. So I think we should be hopeful about being able to to make a difference there. Yeah, definitely. Um, the cigarette, the cigarette statistics have, I mean, dramatically changed in the past however many years, you know, 50 years. Dramatic. You know, there's there's hardly anyone smoking now in comparison to, you know, our my grandparents' ages, you know. So there is definitely improvements and I hope that we do see that in the future, but I just hope that it's not too late and takes too long to, to come about. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about, when you know, the, the Alan Carr easy way to stop drinking, says that you're dealing with um, two monsters um, with with um, alcohol. Um, and the the first one, they call, they call the little monster, which is the physical cravings you get because you're ingesting a, an addictive substance, yeah. alcohol. And the second, the big monster, the second monster is, but the biggest monster is the belief that you are getting a benefit from yeah. drinking it. Um, and that's the, the big one is 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 to ch- change the understanding that you there is no benefit from it. And after five years of um, sobriety, I believe that it derives no benefit. Yeah, at which all. is there is there is a slight high that you get when you, um, that, that you get, um, but then you spend the night chasing that. Yeah. Um, and. Um, that but that high is not worth the cost no. to the well-being that you feel when you don't have it um and it's, you just need to have a bit of that to know that f- for a sustained period to know that you do not want to go back to that yeah I mean it's such a it's such a crazy journey that you've been on and to be able to say that now after five years of, of working on it is an incredible incredible achievement and you know and you need to be praise for how amazing that really is because you're prioritizing yourself which is the main thing that anyone can do for themselves is prioritize their wealth their wellness and their overall well-being yeah Um, and and yeah and for me particularly and because of the alcohol was what formed it was part of my childhood it was a very very big part it was it was more to me than perhaps other people mm. the way alcohol was in my life so stopping it had lots and lots of different benefits and um, the, the way I coped with um, my life you know my emotions uh, you know everything it, it just you know the amount of benefits it's had for me is in, is infinite um, and um yeah, and but I but but we and and it's frustrating and, and it's one of the best two things that have come out of this for me is um that you know the way because you were brought up in alcohol family as well, but mm. not in the same sense as as I was. No. It was much more destructive in my household, but in your household and with us it was um it was more controlled. But it was, so the I think one of the great things was that that you in your earlier your later your, your your later teens 
you got to see that. Yeah. Um, and I was so glad that 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 happened. And my biggest regret is is you know yeah I was so glad to see that. And I'm so glad the impact that my not drinking has is on you because it really you were drinking and you I didn't ever say a word to you but you just stopped. And why did you stop? Because you just didn't see any any benefit to it. You only saw me being in a better place, and mm. you just couldn't see any benefit to it. Yeah. So you 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 just or was that what was it like for you then? Why did you not drink? Why did you stop drinking? Well, of course, with my journey with health and, and wellness and everything like that, you know, with my degree in nutrition and fitness, and you know how passionate I am about all that, and that was a journey for me as well. Like I've definitely throughout my degree became more and more invested in in health and wellness of course that's just how it goes but for me like seeing how it impacted you and having that internal example that you don't need to drink it's not you don't have to do that it's not a part of society if you don't want it to be and it has real benefits for people I think that that along with my journey with health and my passion towards that I just decided that why am I putting alcohol a toxin into my body when I'm preaching about health and wellness and you know why am I why am I doing that especially when like it just doesn't make sense like it was just a like I was being hypocritical in a way and I didn't like that and especially with your example that drove that realization which I think I don't know how long maybe it would I've never gotten to that place if it wasn't for you or maybe I would have gotten there much later you know yeah. so and and I think that I think that you know your achievement in terms of how well you've done in your degree and how you know and all the other things that you do I think that if you had been drinking you would not be achieving what you've oh achieved. no definitely not I mean it's if, other part that as well as saving money as a young person absolutely massive you know there's there's so many aspects of not drinking as a young person that completely changes your your life and especially with the whole unique experience as well without drinking it, you could probably argue that it impacts it quite a lot in first and second year but when it comes to third and fourth year you know you're more likely to excel because you've not got all the issues around alcohol and being hung, being hung over and having that impact on your system 24 7 so 100% my health journey massively helped me with my degree. I would I would argue that till the end. You know, I definitely think that. Yeah, and so I think that that's, for me, that's one of the, the biggest things is knowing that your life, you're not going to have that struggle with that alcohol that I had for, I mean, we're talking about, it took me three years to not realise I couldn't moderate, four years of mm-hmm. bits of abstinence, so that was a whole load of seven years of my life when I was actively trying to stop and it was a a massive struggle and I could not stop. And then there was the other 10 odd 15 years beforehand where it was the struggle and I I, I didn't even begin to stop. Yeah. So you, and, and that to me is a fantastic thing that you're not going yeah, to suffer definitely. that. I mean, and, as well, it's so good because that must be such a nice thing for you to know and realize that you've stopped that because you know I don't know what it's like to be a mother obviously but to obviously have that impact on your child it's it must be really really nice for you it is and and then from Jonathan's point of view as well he 
he gave me a wee plaque at the, at the first mm. year and to say congratulations, one year alcohol free. And again, that was a wonderful thing for me because I knew that I touched him. Oh, definitely, and, yeah. And he, and he, and during the first lockdown, we lived in a house for, I don't know, five, six months when there was no alcohol. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he'd never known a, our house without alcohol because he'd been and th- things when I'd stopped mostly. Um, and, and, and that was great for him to see that. And, um, and, so that was a that was a good message, and but I would say that my biggest regret, and one hundred percent, is the other fifteen sixteen years of you and Jonathan's life that mm. I didn't live that I didn't live to the full. Yeah, do you think is, I I was impacted by using alcohol? Do you think it's something you can't you know beat yourself up about? But I think for anyone listening to this, it, it's a nice thing to think about. Is in you know you can be more present and you can and alcohol takes that away from you and whether or not you have children or not I think the ability to be present in every moment is what we live for because the present is all we have and if we're doing things that take that away from us you know what's the point why are we doing that and you know we've seen how it has impacted you in our life and 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 it's been a wonderful thing and I hope that this inspires people to make a change that they were hoping to do or you know whether that's alcohol or or something they've been wanting to do for a long time because I think there's definitely an element of lead by example and lead by experience and you've definitely shown that yeah and and um and but I mean it's it's been the single most important thing I've ever done in my life is that decision not to drink alcohol on that day which is incredible Um, um, and I and and I remember thinking about it, saying, "What if, what if I stop drinking?" And it mm-hmm. seemed like an impossible task, and it really was, and it really felt that way. And I thought, I wonder how my life would be. And all I can say is that it has been exponentially <laughs> better, more than I hoped for in every level and I'm still it's still getting better it's just um, such an amazing thing but, yeah, and and at my I'm at 57 I'm taking on just now the biggest job challenge I've had mm-hmm. um and I am excited by that rather than feeling exhausted and need to retire yeah <laughs> and I am at 57 it's really great but yeah it's, it's amazing your journey and I'll, if anyone is suffering with alcohol addiction or feel as though you can relate to this then I will put some links in the description to get help if you feel like you need that but really it's, it's been amazing having you on the podcast I've wanted to do this for absolutely ages I think that the story is really important and I think it's some one that a lot of a lot of people can relate to so thank you so much for sharing thank you very much I've probably waffled on a bit. No, it sounds good. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Bye.